Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to the United Podcast. Uh, we're excited to have everyone back. Uh, we have a special episode today. It's the first episode uh, that we're doing um, that's with someone outside of our family. Uh, me and Nick started this podcast uh, about a year ago, and we wanted to you know, bring people on to tell their life story and talk about direction and meaning in their life. And we are now extending that to our United Fitness family. So we have our first guest uh, outside of our family on today, um, and we're excited to have you. Um, it's Tina Cherry. Hello, Tina. Hey, Justin. Hey, Nick. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing, doing good. good. How are you doing, Nick? I'm fantastic. You know, it's, it is a new day, and you know, despite whatever troubles uh, we got to go through, we keep pushing. Heard that. Heard that. Amen to that. Love it. Love it. Um, so, yeah, so we're really excited. Uh, we're going to get into the main portion of the broadcast uh, in a second. We're just going to intro here with our beginning segment. So, Nick, I'll kick it to you uh, for the fitness tip of the day. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it. And one thing that I think is really important it's really important to reflect on like the achievements that you have, um, you know, like as far as workouts go or any type of fitness goal or nutrition goal, I think it's really important to reflect back on how far you've come, you know, and, and to draw up some of those things that you have either overcome or I just recently reflected on was that whole Jacob's challenge that I did. And like, just the reflection of that, it, it puts your mind into perspective. Like when you're going through adversity and you, you face another obstacle in your fitness and health journey, um, it just reminds you. It's a simple like reminder that uh, just helps keep in perspective and keeps you pushing. Like, hey, I overcame that before. I can do it again. Right, right. We often forget the challenges and obstacles that we've overcome in life. Uh, and it's definitely important to keep that in perspective, especially when your motivation is low. You got to remember all the, the, the mountains you've climbed in the past, and that'll help propel you forward. So excellent tip of the fitness tip of the day, Nick. Uh, we'll go right into the quote of the day. Uh, the quote of the day is going to come from John Maxwell. Now, John Maxwell is the leadership expert in the world. Um, and the quote that I'm going to drop is this leadership is influence. If people can increase their influence with others, they can lead more effectively. Now that's an excellent quote. And just a side note to that. Um, he also talks about, uh, how to develop influence and the only way to really develop influence the right way is to add value to people's lives. So that's something to reflect on because, you know, often we try to take these leadership roles and we just we get we get a title or, you know, 
it's we 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 feel like respect should be given uh but what are we doing to add value to people's lives what are you doing to add value to somebody else because that's how the top leaders in the world achieve their leadership so just something to reflect on um now we'll hop right into the interview process uh tina you ready to roll i'm ready Okay, awesome. Uh, we'd like—I'd like to start out by thanking you for coming on. Uh, I know it's—you uh, know—it can be a little intimidating to kind of take a look at your life, have somebody else kind of walk you through your journey. Um, and I'm sure that your story is going to inspire many. So we want to take a moment to really thank you for uh, offering to be our guinea pig with this. <laughs> it's an honor to me. I'm excited to chat with you guys and you know open up so hopefully inspire some people along the way absolutely absolutely well thank you um so uh right off the stop uh, right off the bat here um what do you do for a living what's your profession tina so i am a market development manager for a bar to coca-cola i am the local manager in the reading area um, just so you all know, too, a lot of people think Coca-Cola is just soda, but there's a lot more that we have that people don't know in a uh-huh. health health wise way. We have Dasani Water, Honest Teas, Smart Water. We just launched a new brand of AHA Sparkling Water, which is no sweeteners, no sodium, no sugar, no carbs, anything. Uh-huh. So we do have a health and wellness line. And I love being out with people, gaining new business and building relationships every day. So. So that would be like the top thing you enjoy most with your career is the relationship building. Yes, absolutely. Just creating the bond and helping customers, you know, do better with their business by adding a beverage line and healthy line of products as well and just building their business to help them grow in revenue. So, okay. And, and what would you say um, is the top thing or some of the, the things that you do to build those relationships? I definitely, I would say going in there and just gaining trust. You know, I, a lot of times I like to give our customers if they want to try a new product line, but they're not sure because of money. Money has a lot of aspects in business. So I will give them samples to try some things different out or do a sampling at a location to get their customers to try it, get some feedback. I think it's really important to be in the community and also do events like that as well. So, uh-huh. And yeah, and I just got to comment on one thing because, you know, I know from the moment I met Tina, like she has a natural gifting, like you're just kind of drawn to her and, and she does such a good job of creating that bond. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting when you watch her in like a, a group setting or around certain people, like, I don't know, she just, she has a knack for it. And it's, it's really awesome to watch, honestly. Thanks, Nick. That's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I mean that. And I, mean I, that. I noticed the same thing um, right away. We had kind of instant rapport. And, you know, for my dealings, being in sales, marketing for years and years and years, you know, it's always the relationship. You know, it's always that that's paramount to everything else. Um, it's, it's creating that bond. And then if you take the time to value the other person, the sales just naturally occur. It's an organic thing, but it's really just developing that that bond would you agree that yeah 100 percent. and it's just important to keep that because a lot of times you know there as you guys know too with your business there's so much competition out there 
that it just, when you build that relationship, a lot of times people say like, you know, we have issues sometimes somewhere within the company or whatever, but we say because of you or, you know, we do love your products, but we love the relationship that we have. You're always here in front of us. And it's just important to keep that relationship, even if it's the smallest customer out there, it's, you have to keep that relationship as if it's a small pizza shop or if it's a huge company that has multiple restaurants or stores. You just have to have the same respect, same level of commitment and relationship that you have with all of them. So, right. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, what is your education, Tina? So I went to LaSalle university and mm-hmm. I have a bachelor's degree in business administration is actually have a double major in management as well. So it's marketing and business administration and management. Mm-hmm. And do you find that your schooling is useful to you on a daily basis? I do because I actually constantly go back to different marketing tools that I do to help build the businesses that I have in my book of business. So I found it very helpful for sure. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, Now what, what subjects most interested you in school or, or just in life in general? Um, I would say definitely history. Um, I'm just a big history buff. Um, literature as well. I love to read. Um, I also took a cooking course in college, which was really interesting to me. And um, it actually kind of tied in with health and wellness as well about like proper ways to cook, proper portioning and everything. So I found all that very interesting. Right. I feel like Nick wants to say something about (laughs) uh, cooking and nutrition at this point. (laughs) Am I right, Nick? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I, I, I uh, I do have a passion for it you know, and uh, I'm currently doing a lot of juicing for people. That's kind of the newest thing that I uh, have just entered into that realm. And uh, what, what an amazing benefit that you can add to your, to your lifestyle, you know, and I know Tina, you just recently went through a cleanse, a a three-day cleanse. And, um, you know, I I know the benefits uh, that you were feeling from that and, you know, how did, that felt, work? How did that work for you, Tina? I felt great. You know, I thought a, a little bit before I started it, you know, of course I thought oh, I'm probably going to be so hungry, but because I mean, I do, I'm half Italian and half Irish and my fiance's Greek. So, mm-hmm. you know what that means? We all love food, you know, right. we just grew up with it. And it's just the way of saying hi is like, Hey, here's some food, you know, but so <laughs> I was a little nervous at first to be honest with you and I went into it and I just I thought all of them were great and I felt really good I woke up like my stomach felt great I didn't have like any I had a slight headache the second day when I woke up but I just you know just as long as you keep hydrated keep drinking water as well like I was totally fine so I really enjoyed it and I'm gonna keep up with it as well so nice and and how was your energy level during that it was good. I still like worked out every day because I wasn't sure, but I initially thought that as well. I was like, oh, I hope I can still, you know, do my workouts and like power through. But my energy was was great. I think just because it's all it's all natural, you know. There's no. Yeah, that that's the difference between like the juice fasting versus water fasting because I've done both um, over the years, and the water fasting is very taxing on the body, and it's it's kind of not as realistic in our lifestyles nowadays because we are so busy, we still have to work, we still work out and this and that. So unless you're like taking a complete hiatus from everyone and everything, 
the juice fasting is a lot more applicable to our lifestyle now because you still do have energy. And, and actually, like, I feel like I have more energy when I'm drinking one of those juices. And like, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's, it's really good addition to the, the lifestyle. I, I think drinking one a day is, is a huge benefit. I agree with you 100%. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Um, now, next is, uh, what do you like to do uh, with your spare time? Or, or like, what are your hobbies, Tina? I like to work out. I like to, we just got a dog about a year ago. So I like to run her around in our what local kind of park. Dog, what kind of dog do you have? She's a yellow lab and a shepherd mix. We rescued her from mostly mutts in Pottstown. And uh-huh. I actually found her at a, a yoga class. Um, There was a gym that did a yoga and puppies class. And I think Misha and I just kind of, it was love at first sight. And <laughs> it kind of just went from there. So, uh-huh. yeah. So she takes up a lot of my time. Um, so we like to walk a lot. I try to walk her at least like two to three miles a day. So uh-huh. um, I like to also, I like to listen to music. And it probably sounds kind of weird, but I like to analyze music, like with lyrics and everything. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I actually gotten away from it, which I want to get back to, but I used to write a lot of music. Really? Back in college. Yeah. So, because cool. I like to, um, I'm, I can sing. So I like to kind of write that and write music to it. So I need to get back into that. But sometimes life gets ahead of us, unfortunately. But that's, so I have a whole book of like lyrics and music. So that's awesome. I didn't know you were a singer. I, yeah. You're going to have to sing for us one day now. <laughs> I will. Sure. Why not? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'd love I'm, to hear it. I'd yeah, love to totally- hear it. Totally open to that. So, all right. Now, I want to yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, what you do from a workout standpoint. If you could sure. give us a rundown of like what your week would consist of. Sure. So, I actually just recently purchased a Peloton bike. Mm-hmm. So, I do do cardio. I do some classes via the bike on there about like five to six days a week. Sometimes it's. 20 minutes, 30, 45. It really depends on what's kind of going on and what other part of my workout I have going on mm-hmm. during. So like I said, I like to do the walks with the dog for sure. Um, I also do some lifting about three times a week, some weights. Um, I do personal training with a friend, Stefano. He's at Ampersand Health and Wellness. Mm-hmm. And then of course I do some hit classes at United Fitness and boot camp Saturday. So it's kind of just a mix of everything. I'm not a big runner. Um, I had some issues in the past with my knee and I had to have surgery. So mm-hmm. I can't really, I can run like a like jog, but I can't do far distance running, which I used to do all the time. So that kind of is upsetting to me. So, but there are so many other workouts I can do. So it, it's all good. <laughs> right. Right. Now, that sounds like a pretty good mix. Um, do you have anything to offer on that, Nick? You are the authority on this. Well, I mean, it, I, I love hearing everything that she's doing because, to me, that she, she's got a lot of variety. And I, I think that's the key when it comes to working out. You know, we, we tend to get stuck in our routines. We see it a lot uh, in just regular gym settings, uh, people doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Uh, that's the definition of what insanity insanity <laughs> yep. so uh you know we see it a lot we're creatures of habit but you know what i hear with her it's she's in hit boot camp personal training strength peloton like it's i love that 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 to me is a whole picture of health and wellness 
Yeah, and we just actually put a – we're starting to slowly build um, a gym in our basement. So we do a lot of, like, resistance training, too, and just really yeah. trying to get it all together, all aspects of fitness. Because if you do the same thing, not even just about, like, being insanity, doing the same things, like, it gets – you got to spice it up, switch it's it up. Right? It's, well, yeah, and, and the, the change of scenery, too. I mean, absolutely. you know, there, there are times where, you know, you may need a home workout because you're just so busy – but then there's other times that it's needed, like you need socialization and you need to be out with other people in a group workout. And so you need it all. Absolutely. You, know, you need it all. Because there's times in the morning where I know I'm going to have a long day at work. I'm like, well, I better get on that bike at 5 a.m. Or if I'm done working at 7 some nights, like I'm going to go in the basement and go lift. But then I know that I need my group training, too. I love the team and working together and having that persistence and, you know, motivation all together and promoting right. and just all of that. So. Right. And sure. what, what I'm hearing is more a lifestyle for you versus like a chore or, you know, something you just do haphazardly. For sure. And I will say the worst, what is really bad is, and this is important too, sometimes I'll go like every day and I know I need a day of rest. Like I just said a couple of weeks ago to, to both of you, I said, you know, I really want to come to boot camp, but my body is telling me that I need rest and I do need to listen to my body more sometimes because sometimes I just go, go, go and you need to rest too. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you have to say about that, Nick? Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And uh, I know there's some people out there that uh, don't believe in overtraining. They believe in under recovery. Uh, That's debatable. Um, But I am a firm believer in listening to your body um, to a certain extent, there's, there's a time and a place where you, you need to, you know, kind of suck it up and, and push through. Um, but I respect, uh, what Tina said, and, and I think it takes a lot of discipline to be able to do that. Okay. So, so next question, uh, what are your ambitions? My ambitions, um, definitely to be a powerful and successful woman within my company. Um, I definitely eventually want to be a mother. Um, and just, you know, we're getting, uh, my fiance and I, Jeremy, who you guys know, mm-hmm. we're getting married in June. So just, you know, to have a happy family and just both of us provide, be a good friend, a good sister, a good daughter, everything like that. So be a good stepmom because Chase has, a son from a previous marriage and I've known him since he was about one and a half years old and I treat him as my own, you know? So to be a good stepmom too, cause that's not always the easiest thing either. So. Right. Right. For sure. So you would say it's, it's important for you to be successful, powerful in life uh, because you have some people looking up to you, correct? Yeah, exactly. And I just want to, you know, inspire other people, especially in, you know, with women, sometimes it's hard and, the business world. So definitely just to inspire and keep living a healthy lifestyle. So. Right. That's awesome. And, and yeah. congratulations on uh, your engagement and getting married in June. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Jeremy's, excited. A, Jeremy's a great guy. He sure is. We like him a lot. He is. Um, awesome. So uh, moving on here, uh, what uh, problems, obstacles, and or challenges would you say that you face the most every day? Um, I suffer from anxiety, which a lot of people probably wouldn't think was such my outgoing personality. Um, I have a fear of 
you know, never being like good enough for my loved ones. I always feel like maybe I could do more or do something different. Um, something like that. Um, definitely weight loss too. I mean, like I was telling you the way I grew up in our families, like I, I love food. I do love food. And sometimes that's an obstacle for me to, I mean, I work out, I work out like crazy, but sometimes obstacles for me are like food. Um, also I kind of have some OCD, um, very organized to a point where sometimes it's kind of drives Jeremy crazy for sure. Um, and with that too, like I can sometimes kind of jump the gun pretty quick and like just get antsy and like that. Um, and I do suffer from seasonal depression. Like I can just totally, everything will be fine in my life. And I just get down for no reason at all. And I'll shut down and not talk to anyone. And I have no explanation for it. I just, it happens for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd like to circle back to the uh, anxiety first off. Yeah. Um, what do you feel are your biggest triggers with anxiety? Because the reason I'm asking is because I just posted something today on online um, about, you know, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. And if you're at peace, you're living in the moment. And I, I wanted, I, I just want to get your take on what that means to you. That's actually, those are three really good points. Um, I guess I just get anxious about sometimes balancing it all, you know, with work, family, friends. Like, you know, I have friends that'll be like, oh my gosh, like I, I haven't seen you. I haven't heard from you. Like what's going on? And, you know, sometimes things happen in their lives and I just, I'm like, holy crap. Like how was I not there for you for that? How did I not know that? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So things like that. um, Sometimes I feel like, you know, too, I put others before myself sometimes. So that can, sometimes I have a trouble saying no. So. Uh-huh. That's, that's a big one. And then yeah. and I, I'd like to stop there for a second, just to, to bring to light, you know, United Fitness was created and it would, the, the spelling of United is Y-O-U-N-I-T-E-D, United, because unless you put you first, you run into what you just said and that that becomes an issue because it brings stuff like anxiety and anxiousness and you feel like you're not you know there for people but you know it always circles back to you have to take care of you because if you're not at your best how can you be there for the other people right and you know i just wanted to stop there for a second just to to highlight that um, now, with depression, I mean, you said it kind of randomly comes on. Um, is there really anything like could you relate it to like maybe living in the past or you just feel like you're not getting it done the right way or, you know, what could you offer on that? I get, I think some of it triggers when so I grew up in King of Prussia, so it's not really far. I moved to this area probably about four, four yeah, four years ago, I'd say. Uh-huh. And. It's not far. I, I miss some of my family. A lot of my friends that I grew up with live in Philadelphia. Um, and my parents still live in Norristown. Um, and my dad isn't like in the best house. So I think I get, you know, I feel bad that I'm not there as much as I should be, you know? 
Right. And I think about that aspect and I'm like, well, what if I did this differently? And yeah, so you're right. That is living in the past, like a hundred percent, you know, cause I think like, Oh, should we have bought a house here? Or should we have bought a house there to be closer to them? So it, it is living in the past for sure. And I think sometimes that just triggers and it comes to the point where I am happy here. So it also comes down to that. You got to put yourself before others sometimes, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, that's, you know, a big reason why we're doing this podcast is to kind of flesh these things out with people and, you know, talk to them because a lot of times you can't see it when it's right, when it's your life, you know what I mean? It's easier to see, you know, things in other people's lives or from an outside perspective. Um, and, and I know from myself, like when I get nervous or anxious, I'm focusing on, you know, I'm not living up to, you know, what I have in my mind for the future and what I should be doing and so things along that line. And when I get down, it's like, you know, well, you know, I, I wasted all this time and I didn't do the things I needed to do for years and I was running amok, you know, and those were the those are the triggers for me. Uh, Nick, can you relate to any of that? Well, I, I do admire people uh, like like Tina and, you know, who are willing to kind of uh, deny your yourself and your own needs to help other people because that that sacrifice is, is such a, a love um, that, that I think this world needs a lot more of. Um, and, and, you know, I, of course, there is a flip side to that, you know, like we're, we're talking about. And um, it, it is hard for the person who's helping everyone else to realize it because you're only focused on, like, helping other people. So unless you're in a situation like this where someone's like trying to point it out, you know, uh, you don't necessarily know, but, um, you know, I, I can relate to a certain extent, um, you know, so I, I, I totally understand why you would have those feelings. Um, w- would you say there's, um, what, what would you say is the hardest part for you to like be in the present? like more so than worrying about the future or dwelling too much on the past. I think that's just totally where the anxiety comes in. Like, what could I have done better here? Or what's going to happen here? And I do need to focus more about like living each day to its fullest because nothing's guaranteed guys. I mean, you know that, I mean, Mm -hmm. anything can happen. So. And that, that kind of brings to mind uh, something I read recently. I was about a business guy who, you know, when he was at work, he was thinking, you know, I'm at work and I should be spending more time with my family and I should be with my family and I should be, you know, dialed in with them there. And then when he would be with his family, he would be like, oh, I should be at work and I should be doing this and that. And I should be. And that's it right there. And, and what that meant to me was you really when you're with the person and when you're in the moment, you have to make it count for everything that it's worth. You can't have the fluff conversations and the BS that you go through. Like you have to really like talk about what's important and real things and really be a hundred percent present when you're with people, because then you lose that anxious feeling because you feel like you really engaged with that person or that situation to the fullest you can. And you don't have that, I could have done better or I should have done this. Um, So that's just something that I read that you just triggered through all this talk. Um, And hopefully, you know, that 
that makes sense to to everybody. Absolutely. And then too, like even when, you know, if Jeremy and I go out to dinner or with my family, I just, we try, I mean, we're not always the best at it, but we try to be like phones in the purse, phones in the pocket. Like there's no reason to be scrolling through social media or checking a work email or checking a tech, like, let's talk about our day. Let's see what went well. You know, even when Chase comes, who is his son, you know, he spends half the time with us, half the time with his mom. Uh-huh. If he already ate at his mom's and then comes to us and we're going to eat dinner, we tell him, no, 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 you're going to sit in here with us and you're going to eat with us. Even though you already ate, we're going to talk about your day and there's going to be no TV, no phones, no iPad, whatever it is. Right. We have to talk. We have to communicate, hear about our days. And because right. life is just too short and you're wasting so much time on these phones. All I mean, I'm victim to it, too. Don't get me wrong. We all I have are. a I have a work phone. I have a personal phone. I have a laptop. You know, it's you're. We're all constantly too connected that way, you know? So Right. But but disconnected at the same time. Correct. You know? And the more you dial into that lifestyle, the more disconnected you feel, the more anxious you feel. And that's why, like, it's very important to understand what you're talking about with, you know, being in the moment and not, you know, having a certain allotment for phone time or digital time and making the, the actual face-to-face time count as much as you can. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And I think one other great tip, you know, to learn how to be present is like just getting out in nature, you know, and, and either going for a hike or just sitting by a lake or, or whatever. I mean, there, there's nothing that I think teaches you to be more present than like that, like just observing nature. You know what I mean? Because it's just all present. It's all present. It's not past. It's not future. It's all just in the moment and present. Well, there's actually science behind what you just said. Like the earth resonates at 7.83 hertz. It's, it has a pulse, a frequency. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the same pulse and frequency that our brain operates at and our body operates on. So when we're in nature, science has proven that we tune back in to the right resonance frequency because that's what we operate on. So it's very important. Like the whole grounding thing. I know Nick, you had, you had, uh, me and you had uh, done research on grounding and like, you know, being in contact with the ground and the earth, like there's a science behind that and how that works as well. Um, So yeah, it's definitely, definitely important to get outside and, you know, get in touch with uh, the natural world because it's it's absolutely necessary. I agree. For and sure. it's all for free. Right. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> right. Okay. So for we'll sure. we'll move on from here. Uh, is there any other obstacles or challenges that you face, Tina, or that you know have have been a problem uh, for you in your life? Um. No. Kind of just like with the whole weight loss thing too, and like food, and like you know, I'll have friends say. Oh, why don't you, you know, after we work out, oh, let's, let's go to wing night. And I have to like say no more. I have to, you know, no, I have my food prepped at home. Like I'm good. Um, I just got to stick to that. And sometimes I, I don't. So that's kind of an obstacle for me as well. So. Yeah. It's truly amazing how much pressure there is surrounded like with food, you know, whether it be the holidays or, or family or friends, like kind of pressuring you into like, you know, eating what they eat or whatever. And it's almost like you're looked at a certain way if you don't. Yeah. And you, you feel know, funny and you a, feel like a certain way for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a tremendous amount of discipline to say no, you know, and it's like, I appreciate it, but 
you know, I, I have certain goals and certain things that I want to focus on. Well, yeah. I, know, I know for me, when somebody invites me to go eat somewhere or do something, like I almost feel like it's disrespecting them to be like, no, you know what I mean? And that, that always factors in with me because it's like, you know, they're, they're offering to spend time or inviting me somewhere. And I'm like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely social pressure. Um, and it's something that you have to be cognizant of at all times because it's always going to be there and it's not going anywhere. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a challenge. Um, okay. So we'll go on to the next question here. Um, are you, would you say you are where you want to be in life, Nina? Um, I'd say yes and no. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with where I am. I've, I've come a long way. Um, I get. I guess this is where I should start to tell my story, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I've lost almost like between seventy and eighty pounds. That's right. Um, yeah. So, I used to after after college. I grad when I graduated. I moved to Virginia, and I was with my college sweetheart. Um, that actually ended up being in a a very abusive relationship uh-huh. that I thought I couldn't, you know, live without, you know, I moved to there right after I was in love. I thought I was on top of the world. Um, he proposed to me, um, you know, so you think all those happy things, you know, Oh, I'm like, I'm engaged. I have this beautiful home with this guy that is awesome. And little did I know it was so unhealthy. Um, so this person that, and I will say people, they, you know, they always say you don't know someone. So you live with them. Yep. And that was a com- complete a hundred percent like fact in this situation. Um, this person was a compulsive gambler um, lying about ever like lied so much that they didn't even know what he was lying about, you know, um, just a very selfish. You only looked at me basically as like an ATM. Um, he verbally abused me, made me feel like I was never good enough. Um, basically would, if he, if I wanted to do something he didn't, he would, you know, just say, why would you want to go do that? You're a, you know, you're a fat, ugly bitch. And, you know, make me just feel like I'm completely useless. You know, um, I didn't have many friends in that area. So basically, you know, I sacrificed everything to be there with him. And I was, I was terrified, you know, um, straight up terrified. Um, you know, my parents always said to me, don't move down there, don't do it, you know, but when you're young, you know, I was blinded and said, I'm good. And at the end of the day, I really kind of had nothing, you know, I didn't want to tell my family and friends at home that things were bad because, you know, we halfway paid for this wedding and I didn't want anyone to know we had issues. I was so like, oh no, we're good. And I just didn't want anyone to think of me or as a failure. And that was so wrong. Um, I just want everyone to think I was good. I was scared to tell my family, but you know, all it ran through my head all the time. Like those words, like you're fat, you're ugly, you're a whale. Like who would want you? Nobody, you know, nobody wants you. Where are you going to go? You only have me here. You're not going anywhere. And, you know, just he was so mean and insecure, jealous. I became, you know, really negative as well. And that, that's not me. I mean, that's not me at all. So I would become abrasive and just, you know, snap at everything as well. And until I finally, you know, I finally had the courage to move out after one heated argument over 
over nothing, like literally nothing. I think I spent like too much money at the grocery store or something. I don't even remember. Like, it was, that's how ridiculous it was, you know? Right. right. And he pushed me down the stairs, like the whole flight of stairs. Oh man. And I like cracked my head, you know, and I looked at him and said, I, I'm leaving. Like I'm done, you know? And basically his response, he laughed and basically said, you know, where are you going to go? No one wants you. No one loves you. You have no one here, but me, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Man. So, you know where I went? I, I packed a bag. I, and I honestly, I lived in, you know, I had a full-time job, but in that area, basically everything that you made went to like your mortgage, you know, it's so expensive in that area. Um, so I packed a bag and I literally lived and slept in my car for about like two weeks. I lived out of my car for like two weeks mm. and not many people really know that about my life. Um, so I would do that. I would go to work. I'd take a shower at their gym. And then I would basically, since I had nowhere to go, I'd, I'd go to the local bar from like five o'clock to like literally two, like two o'clock in the morning and just drink my problems away. Like that's literally what I did. And with that, I even, I gained like literally 80 pounds more because I was so, you know, eating fried food, drinking alcohol, drinking beer, you know, it just not taking care of myself, you know, at all. Mm-hmm. So I try, you know, I tried to meet people, be normal, but like, clearly that's not a normal lifestyle. I wasn't taking care of my mind, my body, my health, like anything at all. I wouldn't answer my family's calls and I just... You know, even when I would go, like, if I would, I would still see him, like, at the grocery store, he would scream down the aisle, or, like, even out at a restaurant, he would scream, like, you slut, you whore, you fat, bit, like, just horrible, like, horrible things. Man, this guy yeah. sounds like a real POS. Yeah, and, you know, I actually met a ma- an older man that, um, and we all called him Uncle Mike, and he basically saved my life. He, um... You know, he was married, his his wife died, just a nice old man, not like a creepy old man. I know probably what you're thinking, you know, but um, he let me live with him like rent free and cared about my well-being. He had like a basement apartment. Um, you know, I had I did meet some friends throughout the way, but I didn't want to be a burden on them either. And I just continued to live like, you know, I, and I wasn't living healthy lifestyles, going out with them all the time. And, you know, it was just different, you know, Um so with that being said, too, after about like a year or two, I finally moved back to Pennsylvania because I was like, I just can't like I can't make this work anymore. You know, so I had to move back to my parents, which I don't know. I totally felt like a loser. Like I barely spoke to my parents and I was so close to them for so many years and I just felt alone and, you know, that they were judging me and they'd always say, like, I told you, you should have never went there why did you do this? Like, blah, blah, blah. I was, I was just afraid that they were mad because I, I feel like I blew their money on a wedding that didn't happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was just down all the time. And, you know, I would take it, my mom's my best friend and I would take it out on her and she'd say, you know, basically the sky is blue. And I'd be like, no, it's gray. Like, shut up, you know, right. like, just stop, stop talking to me. She'd say, let's go for a walk. I'd tell her, leave me alone. And she, you know, she would just, sadly walk away and she was always my best friend so I was like why why am I doing this to her you know like this isn't right so 
one day she said, let's go to the mall. Like, I want to, you know, I want to buy you some clothes or something, make you feel better. And I said, I don't want to buy any clothes. I'm just, I'll be like extra plus size. Why would I want to buy any clothes? That's going to make me feel like shit, you know? Right. And she finally yelled at me and she said, why are you so mean, angry and hateful? I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to be kind to you and make you happy. And literally when she said that, like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, literally, like, someone ran me over with a Mack truck. Because she was right. Like, why Why am I doing this to her? Like, she doesn't deserve this. She's been nothing but supportive and kind, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's trying to help me and love me. And I. she was right. I was so angry at everything. Like, I sacrificed so much of my life and didn't put my happiness first. Like, I made it for this like you piece of shit guy that I thought was like my world and I was too embarrassed to you know think like oh my life's not normal because it always kind of was but but what is normal you know for real so after that situation I I went to my laptop I looked up some therapy and I looked up a psychiatrist and booked an appointment the next morning and let me tell you therapy was very very helpful very helpful um I got back to the gym. I just had to do it. I went to the gym and because I had to get all those thoughts out of my mind too. I thought like, you know, I'm 23. I, I have a broken engagement. Who's going to marry me? Like no one will ever love me. How will I ever be happy? Um, but, you know, I had to find the happiness in myself before I could even ever think of any of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it's still kind of like, I obviously despise this person, but it, it still like hurts those words to this day you know I still it still sticks and I'm just very hard on my appearance and everything like that still like because of that and I will say there is a way out so like ladies I mean even gentlemen too you know don't stay because you think you have no way out and abuse doesn't just have to be physical I mean there was a a physical altercation obviously but verbal and mental I think is it's worse so much worse. It's worse. It, yeah. It, I've read it time and time again. It's worse. It's yeah. Worse. It destroys you from the inside out. Yeah. And I was just destroyed for the longest time. And I was literally becoming like an alcoholic from it because I, I mean, I, I literally lived in my little Hyundai Elantra for like two weeks in my car. Like literally they probably looked like, well, I was a homeless person. So there you go. I was going to say like a homeless person, but I was so so yeah so well there there's a lot that you just said and you know i'd like to kind of unpack that a little bit yeah um first off i'd like to talk to you about the fact that you stayed in this relationship because you wanted to keep the status quo and that's a major major thing especially in the world of social media you know Everybody wants to keep the facade like, oh, life is great. Life is good. And they almost feel like they they can't show the vulnerability or the bad. And you were dealing with somebody that was a monster. And you stayed because of the status quo. So could could you talk a little bit more about those feelings and about and and then when you moved home? how your parents were treating you versus what you thought of how they would be treating you. My parents treated me like any, I mean, 
I, I shouldn't say any parent because that's not 100% true. But my parents treated me like they were so sad that they felt I couldn't tell them that. Do you know what I mean? And my mom, my mom is tough. She like literally wanted to drive down there and literally wring his neck and like kill him. And like she might even still to this day like say little thing. I'm like, oh my god, it doesn't even matter. And like just stop, you know? Like, but she, she was hot. She was mad. Um, and my dad was like, if if you really thought for one second that something as silly as money would like you to still get married just because we put all this money in and then live a nightmare like the rest of your life like you're insane to even think that you know so but like a lot of people do think that tina you know totally and i feel like that's a major major issue in today's world like the status quo like that's some like people base their all their decisions off of that and they're afraid to show that vulnerability and they would rather live a miserable life than, you know, show, show vulnerability. Um, yeah. Nick, do you have anything you want to add on this? Well, I, I would just like to know, cause like, I love hearing people's stories, you know, and just where you've come from um, and how you've battled through all of the adversity Uh I guess I would like to know, you know, what's the most important thing that you have learned throughout that whole process? Because I think it's the lessons that we learn from the adversity and the struggle that has all the value, you know? I would say that you definitely, another scenario where you have to put your happiness first, who gives a shit what other people are going to think of your situation? Right. Like, whether they think positive or negative about it, it is your life. You're living your life and you should live it to the best and fullest. And my, what I learned was obviously put myself first and put myself in healthy situations, not situations like that, where that is a hundred percent not normal. So. Right. Now um, I want to go to the, you know, to the drinking because I personally have experience with this. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I drank for decades to escape my life and it was just a negative cycle. So can you just elaborate on the hopelessness that you felt and what that cycle was like for you? It was rough. I mean, I just and I clearly gained like most of my weight from that um, drinking 100 um, percent. It was tough. Like I just, you know, I had obviously had these issues going on and I just thought, you know, being drunk, you know, that just eases all the pain. I don't have to think about it for a couple hours, you know, and it was tough. It was really tough because it became an addiction that I never thought it would. Cause I don't think I really have an addictive personality, but during that time, hundred percent. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. And if you have, if, if you start band-aiding and like trying to escape from, from issues that you have going on and not running head on at them uh, via like alcohol or drugs. Mm-hmm. It, it's a real slippery slope and you can find yourself caught up in that whole lifestyle. Like you said, even if you don't have an addictive personality, it's just a negative cycle. And it's something that you really want to keep at the forefront of your mind because one day you're good. And the next day you couldn't be. And it happens really like that quick. Um, yeah. And even when people to this day, they even like, they're like, oh, you're fun. You probably like to go out and like party and have a good time. 
honestly, I do not because of the past issues. I, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I still go out and have a good time and I drink alcohol from time to time. I mean, once in a blue moon, I will have way too much. And, but I can primarily have a good time without drinking. And I, you know, like I live for the nights where just my friends come over and we all cook together or play games or watch a movie. Um, and I think sometimes people are like, oh, come on, like, you're boring. Like, you don't want to drink. You don't want to, like, I can still go out, have one or two drinks, not get drunk and have a good time or not have a drink at all and still have a good time. Right. Right. Which I think a lot of people can't do. No. And I'm not, I'm not judging that at all, but. That's just how I choose to live now. Right. I, I found it to be freeing to be free of it, you know, as well. Um, Are you free completely of it, Justin? I am. I am. I have, I haven't drank in almost three years, Um, but I, I went through, I was like a tornado with legs for almost two decades. So I partied enough in my lifetime for about five lifetimes. Um, and my mom always jokes. She said, you know, you're like a cat and you're on your eight and a half life. So <laughs> um, <laughs> and in the end, that's where it was. But um, I found it personally. I found that when I stopped drinking alcohol, that I started serving the right master. Like for for my for my experience, I uh, I oh, whenever I had a free moment, it was let's go party. Let's go have fun. And when I stopped drinking, I had to completely change my life. And I started focusing on how can I be better? How can I help the world? How can I add value? And that's what I go to in my downtime now. So I find that I'm able to add more value to myself and to the world by not having that in my life. Now, I didn't have an off switch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when I went, I went and I couldn't, I don't have the ability to control it. And the people around me, they, they were excessive just like me. Um, but I don't want to get too much on my story right now uh, because we're here to talk about you, Tina. And I, and I think we have beat the negative horse enough. Um, and I'd like to start talking to you about some positive things and about where your life's headed and about, you know, what you got going on now. Okay. Yeah, of course. All right. Awesome. Um, so, um, we'll go on to, uh, the next question here. Uh, what is it that you would say you want most out of life or, or what is your deepest desire? I would say, you know, to just live a happy, positive, healthy life with my family, friends, um, grow my family, definitely have kids, um, Mm -hmm. to be, you know, financially successful as well, you know, try to live as debt free as possible um and kind of and live in the present more like don't think about the past don't think about the what ifs what's gonna happen you know I just really feel like me personally and probably many people um have to live like it's our last day on earth and just you know live life to the fullest and hopefully eventually I'd love to you know and this is kind of like a just a goal a dream I guess I'd love to buy my mom a beach house um she's my best friend and she's done a lot for me my whole life. And I just love to give her something of importance, you know? So. Right. And that, that kind of brought a quote to my mind. It's like, you know, plan like you'll live forever and live like your today's your last day. Absolutely. Like that, that is really the essence of what you were just saying. And, and 
that's something that, you know, I try and live by. It's hard to do, but if you get on that path, you find a lot more fulfillment in each day and in life in general. Absolutely. Um, Awesome. Awesome. Um, now, what would you say gives you the biggest feeling of importance in life? Um, I would say being healthy and happy and true to myself. Um, you know, being a good friend, being a good partner, um, being a good coworker, even, you know, like we have a team at work and being good to them and being a good daughter, a good sister, I feel like I need to be a better sister for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I, I've read countless surveys of people that are asked similar questions to this. And the number one and two things that people are most concerned with are health and well being, longevity mm-hmm. and their relationships, you know? Absolutely. And you know, when, when those are your driving forces, number one, that speaks volumes of your character. Uh, number two, like it, it, like it molds the way you live your life and you, you focus on what's really important. And that's, you know, helping other people and helping yourself. I agree a hundred percent. Nick, do you want to add anything to that? No, that was very well said. Okay. All right. Um, so now we talk a little bit about um, your spiritual beliefs. So do you have spiritual beliefs? I do. Yes. Um, I went to private Catholic school my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I do believe in God. Um, mm-hmm. Every night that Chase is here, we do. I mean, every night I do my prayers to myself, but when Chase is here, we do prayers together. Um, we talk about what we're thankful for what we pray for, like, what are our hopes and desires? Um, so we talk to God every night when he's here. And um, I don't physically go to a place of worship, which I think is fine. Um, I kind of practice my spirituality in my home. Um, mostly at night, I do my prayers. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. would would you say that, was there ever a point in your life where you got away from that? Or were, were like, kind of like, that was like, on the back burner it wasn't really in the forefront of your life oh 100 percent. like when i was going through my story that i shared with you guys um i just thought like how could this be happening to me i lived such a good life you know i actually questioned my faith and thought you know like you know god's supposed to help us i'm talking to him he's not helping me like what the hell is this faith like there's no god no one's helping me i'm just worthless you know and it got to a point where I didn't believe in God and I didn't have faith because I didn't think anything would get better. And then I really do think when I met uncle Mike that I briefly spoke about, I feel like he was just like an angel sent to me and helped me, you know, get back on a right track for sure. Right. Right. And would you, would you be the woman you are today without that adversity? I don't think so. No. They say God works in mysterious ways. He does. And it just happens at the most inopportune times. And it's like, you see it and you're like, wow, it's rarely, it's rarely on our time. No, never. (laughs) It's rarely on our time. And Nick, I hear you. I I can hear you thinking over there. What would you like to add to this uh, topic? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, uh, you know, 
it's very debatable for some people. And um, I, I always, I always see like, eventually you, you don't understand like what the purpose is of why you're going through what you're going through. And, you know, that's when the questions start to arise. Like, is there even a God? Is he even there? Does he even care about me? You know, and you play this thing in your head. Like, I think this is all just BS and it's all fake, you know, but then you start to realize like, as you come out of the adversity and now all of the things that you now have, like that you've taken from that, the lessons learned and how much stronger you are. I mean, it's like working out, like you, you can't, expect to build muscle without resistance, without being put under stress or pressure. Uh It has to be there. There is no way around it. You can't just sit there and think and think and think. And all of a sudden your muscles start growing. I don't care how much you think about it. They're not going to grow. Right. I mean, unless there's someone out there that's doing that and proving me wrong, please reach out (laughs) to me because I have yet to find anyone. Uh, and I think everyone would be paying millions of dollars for that because right. our society wants the easy way out a lot of times. So, but would you yeah. even appreciate it then? You know, well, exactly. No, yeah. exactly. No. Nope. And, you wouldn't. And, and I know, so, you know, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I had a similar experience where I lost all faith and those were the worst years of my life, you know, and it wasn't until I hit the gutter and was so desperate for anything that I found belief again. And that was the seed that bloomed into what's going on in our lives right now. It's what made United Fitness possible. It's what made my whole life change possible. It's what made everything that I'm all about today possible. But I don't regret for a second the adversity and the years of trouble and things that I went through because I wouldn't be able to do the things I'm about to, and we're about to do now without that adversity. And I agree kind of, with you a hundred percent because I feel the same. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, um, no. I, mean, I just, I feel the ahead. same way because if I didn't go through that pain and trick, I could have been, as an insecure person, again, in a different situation, like whether it was in a different relationship or work or something like if I didn't gain that strength and willingness to say, I'm done, I'm out. What means something like that couldn't have happened again. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like Nick's analogy. Like you need resistance and that those hardships and those challenges like strengthen you and make you a strong person and strengthen your character so that you can do more things and overcome more obstacles and be there for other people, which is my basic understanding of the premise of like Christianity, Christianity to to my understanding. And I've, I've done pretty extensive research on it comes down to this. It's life is suffering. We need to accept that life is full of suffering and is suffering rise above that and better ourselves don't wish it was easier wish you were better and then to take it a step further it's to realize that we find meaning and purpose in helping ease other people's suffering 
And I feel like these adversities and these challenges prepare us for these moments and allow us to be the kind of strong people that other people can lean on. And that's just my personal belief, but that's what I've come to understand about Christianity. And, and that's how I model my life and I've accepted it. And I've now dedicated my life to helping ease the pain in other people's lives. Um, so yeah, go ahead. You got something to say, Nick? Oh yeah. I was just going to add a little bit to that. Um, yeah, because, you know, to me, like if, if you're a parent and, and I don't, I don't have kids yet, you know, but to me, um, a, a loving parent would, you know, allow their kids to go through, pain and suffering and and not try to be so like hyper controlling and protect them from every single situation because there are times of adversity and suffering that is absolutely needed in order for us to grow that our parents shouldn't necessarily be protecting us from you know and I can't fully speak on that because I'm not a parent so I I trust me I, I I understand that but that's my own personal belief is that to me, love is you have to allow certain things to happen and not take control of the situation so much. Um, that to me is like, and, and not to mention, like when you go through these circumstances, this is now part of your testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no erasing it. Um, you can live a life saying, woe is me. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel so terrible that all this stuff happened to me versus learning from it and now using it as your story to now help somebody else who's currently going through what you've already been through. And that's where the impact really comes into play by you sharing your story. So Tina, we just, we thank you for coming on because what you are saying today is going to speak to somebody, at least one person, if not many, many more. Um, So there is so much power in testimony and what you're doing is very courageous and very powerful. And I think we'll see the effects of that in the coming weeks and months and possibly years to come. Thank you. I mean, I hope so, because I mean, I'm sure there is someone out there. And a lot of people just say it's like female, like it is not just there can be females that give abuse as well, you know, and I think there's people out there that struggle every, you know, like we talked about earlier, they paint this perfect picture on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. But you don't know what happens behind closed doors, you know? And I think that it's important that for women, men to know that it's okay to get out and you are worthy and you are someone and there is a way out. And like I said, abuse doesn't just have to be physical, mental, emotional, everything. Like I still hear those words like sometimes when I look in the mirror and I'm not happy with how I look that day. And I still hear those words like fat, slut, whore, ugly. I still hear it. See that and that like that was going to be one of the next few questions. Um, And that goes to disempowering beliefs because negative self-talk is the ultimate sabotage of progress in your life. Because it's what you it's not what people say about you. It's what you say about you. And it's it's that constant drumbeat, that inner monologue. Well, you're not good enough to do this. Well, who are you to do that? Well, you're you're not in shape. 
you're you know you're not good enough like it's those things that subconsciously and this isn't even something that you're cognizant of but when you have that kind of negative self-image and negative self-talk you are sabotaging yourself because you're you're beating that into your subconscious and your subconscious is responsible for 90 percent of your activity we're on autopilot way more than we're not like we think we control things with our conscious mind but if you pick up any psychological text it will clearly tell you that that's not the case. <laughs> and it, it really like, that's why we have the, the disempowering belief question because it comes down to a belief, a belief about yourself. Like I, I always talk bad about myself. I'm not good enough. I'm this, I'm that, I'm a POS. Like I always said those things and I always sabotaged when I got to a certain point, like I'd take steps and then I'd sabotage and then I'd take steps and then I'd sabotage because I didn't believe that I was worthy and I didn't believe that I deserved a better life. Now, mm-hmm. th- would you say that you like, what, what is your self-talk? Like you said, you kind of still deal with that. Um, what do you do to counteract that? Um, just try to be positive and work harder mentally and physically, honestly, which I'm not sure with the physically part. That's not always the best answer for that. I would say. No, no, because your body's only like the carriage. I mean, yes, it's good to be healthy and do what you can to be healthy. And I mean, look, me and Nick have a fitness company. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're definitely proponents of this, but like, it's a lot more than that. And, it, and at the end of the day, would you say that you believe you deserve, you know, your, your ideal self or your ideal life? Um, can you say that again? I apologize. No, it's okay. It's okay. I was yeah. asking you um, if you feel like you deserve your ideal life. Can the you... life I'm currently in right now? Well, yeah. I mean, like, just, just your ideal situation. Like, whatever you have in your mind as your ideal situation. Do you deserve? Do you think that you deserve that? I don't think I deserve the negative self-talk that I have to myself. No. Um, but I think the happiness that I share now with my family and where I am in life, that I think I deserve. Yes. Okay. Does that make sense? Does that yeah, answer the question? Makes, okay. It makes total sense because there's a saying. It says, um, nothing has any meaning except the meaning we give it. And a lot of the top people in the you know personal development, psychological fields uh, will tell you that your thoughts are only what you interpret them as and what you make of them. And there's ways that you can counteract that. So like, for instance, you know, when you get in the, in your mind that, that thought of, you know, I'm overweight or, you know, this or that, like you have to instantly counteract that with an empowering belief. Right. Like, like look how far I've come. Right. Right. Look at right, the right. weight I've lost. Look right. At my, when I showed you guys like my before and after pictures, like I, I do go back and look at that and go, okay, I'm not as bad as I think I am. Right. You know? Exactly. And, and you have to, you have to like attack that. It's the same thing as like working out, like for your body, like you have to get the resist, like you have to attack that mindset and that negative self talk with the same veracity you would give towards a a workout. And every time that, that something negative comes in your mind, you have to counteract it instantly because if you don't, 
you'll start dwelling on it and then that will dictate your mood and then you could be like you know miserable to this person or to that person and you don't even realize why but that's how you're doing it because you let that sink in and you really like you didn't counteract it correct yep so 100% yeah like i mean that's that's really a big thing um to talk about because you know you are what you think about you know and if you don't have the right image in your mind of who you are what you're capable of it's you're just going to end end up spinning your wheels mm-hmm. and and you'll you'll make people suffer in the process because you're suffering and that in turn causes suffering for other people um so yeah so that's that's super super important um now what kind of what fears do you have in life like what are your biggest fears um death you know of myself and losing like ones that loved ones close to me you know definitely is a fear of mine uh-huh is would now that that's just you know me and nick were just talking about this last night and you know i i really think like the situation with kobe and his daughter like that hit me hard it hit mm-hmm. me real hard and and you could say for whatever reason but it, it hit me like a ton of bricks and, you know, you start to question things like faith in this and that in those in those situations. But it, it comes back to what are your what are your beliefs? Like, if you believe that this is it and this is all we have, then then that also contributes to anxiety and to, you know, living in fear and and not like taking the cap off of yourself. But if you view it from a standpoint of, well, death is is like you're going home like that's your true home and that's where we belong and we're going back to the collective and to god and to everybody and you truly believe that it takes you you see the world through a different lens what what would you say about that tina i would say well i have to tell you guys something so as you know i'm sitting outside right now Uh um now that we're just talking about death and I don't know if you know this, but on a Cardinal just came up on my deck and I don't know if you know that a Cardinal is a represent representation of a loved one who's passed. Oh no. Well, let's hope not. (laughs) No, no, it's a good thing. No, it's a good thing. When they, you see one, it usually means that they're visiting you and like looking over you. I I thought you were talking about something that just happened. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like a Cardinal came up on my deck and is sitting on my deck and looking at me right now. So that seems like an, I mean, because my brother has, act, my brother actually passed, and that was a big toll on me as well. Um, Sorry, so maybe to hear it's that. him. Thank you. Maybe it's just him saying hello, you know? I mean, I, I don't believe in coincidence. <laughs> yeah. And I we mean, just brought that up. So, <laughs> right. Like uh, Einstein once said, coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's I don't believe in random stuff. I, I've seen too much and experienced too much and seen how everything's interconnected. And like that, that's amazing. See, that to and, me, that to me is a miracle. And like, yeah, when you are tuned in the right way and you view life the right way, you you see those things and it can ease that burden of the fear of death. Yeah, and it's like nature at its best and spirituality too, you know? So right. that kicks in too. 
So I'm sorry. I felt like I went on a tangent from your question, but no, I it had to be said. <laughs> no, you, you, so, hey, that, that right there, like, just proves the point. Yeah. Like, for sure. You, you can't, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's easy to say you can't fear death. I mean, even I fear death to a certain degree, but it's like the more you focus on that, the more you're going to limit yourself and not live, not be your true self and do what you really have in your heart to do. Yes. Um, because and that's not what, live life to your fullest, for right, sure. Right. Yeah. That's when your anxiety kicks in and you start questioning everything. But if you try and view it from the standpoint of, you know, I'm here for a reason. I'm, I'm going to be here for as long as I'm supposed to be here and not a second more. And there's nothing you can ultimately do to prevent it or any of us can do to prevent it. Yeah. Because you see it time and time again, people just go when they're supposed to go. And it's not on our time again. But no, definitely not. I found peace and contentment in knowing and believing that this is the test. And we're ultimately going home where you feel love and that warmth and family forever. You know, so that that really helped me deal with fears and, and how I see the world. Um, so I hope hopefully that that helps that fear for you a little bit. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, okay. And then another one is just totally, you know, becoming unhealthy again and, you know, gaining my weight back. I mean, I think that's a legitimate fear that I have for sure. So. Right. Well, that that kind of ties into like my next question. And that's with goals. Um, yeah. So like like. Have you ever taken a moment to write out your goals? I have. Yeah, I should probably I could probably tighten them up for sure. But not like a New Year's resolution. I'm not talking about, you know, no, I mean? like, I'm not one of those. All, all right. All right. All right. All right. I'm just saying, like, because um, I never did. And when I finally did and took it seriously was about two years ago. Mm -hmm. It might not. It was probably it was probably like, a no, it wasn't even two years ago. It was like a year ago, year and a half tops. And when I did that, everything started happening in my life because they say and I've read it time and time again that without goals, uh, you have no aim. It's like a ship without a rudder. Like you're just kind of getting tossed by life, you know, and when you actually take the time to write down exactly what you want out of life. Like, what do you want for your personal development? What do you want for your economic and financial development? What do you want for your toys, adventures, and hobbies? What do you want for contribution and what you want to give back to the world? When you cover all of those areas and really like write out everything. And I even put it in visual form. Like I, I like literally wallpapered my room with my, my goals, my everything. And did you make a vision board? Uh, like I made a vision room. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I made a vision board. Like you, you've made one before. Yeah, I've made one. Yep. How, how, how did you find that helped you in life? Um, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things and it was actually, it was forced upon me. It was through a training at a job. Uh -huh. Um, and it opened up a lot of goals because, you know, I'd write some goals like to be financially successful and they'd say, okay, so let's do it in a year five years, 10 years, and let's make it more specific. And uh -huh. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it really, I still have it to my day. It's in the basement somewhere. And I probably haven't looked at it. And I'm going to be real honest with you after this, I'm probably going to go find it and look at it because 
Well, they, um, they, they say you yeah. should look at your goals when you wake up during the middle of the day and when you go to sleep every day. Makes sense. Because that like keeps it in the forefront of your mind and it keeps you focused on what the objective is or what, yeah. what's important to you. So I think you should dust that thing off and put it where you can see it all the time. I think I'm going to as well. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Because there, so. there's, I mean, you can, you can, this isn't my knowledge or my logic. This is just, I applied what I read from many a guru that say that without this, you don't stand a chance and you're going to end up just drifting through life. Yeah. You have to be specific and you have to be, you have to put it down and you have to look at it and you have to remind yourself every day of why you're doing it, what it's all about, where you want to go. It's funny because I do that every day, like at work. I'm very, like I'll tell you how I'm kind of OCD. Like I'll do like the goals and plans of what I need to be done today, what I need to be done tomorrow. And like by the end of the week, by the end of the month, do you know what I mean? So I feel like we all get caught up in our jobs and I feel like I need to do that more with my life too, not just work, my personal life, my family, everything. Would you attribute your success at work to that? To my OCD? No, 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 not to your OCD. <laughs> no, do you like goal, the, your goal setting? Would you say that's a big factor in? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we have, obviously we have specific goals that we need to accomplish as well. But so it's not even that. It's just like going to, not even just like physical numbers, meaning like going to this person, checking in, doing this. And I do, I do think that list and all of that and my organization does make me successful in my job for sure. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, and that same thing could be, uh, you know, applied right to your life mm-hmm. in general, you know, and that's what I found helped me out the most is to do that and to stay focused on that. Yes. Um, so um, that's that's all we have for question wise, Tina. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Anything we didn't go over or talk about? No, I'm really thankful that you guys had me on and um you know, like I was saying before, like there is always a way out if you're in a negative, unhealthy, toxic situation, you know, it's like every time we, you know, choose courage, we make everyone around us a little better and the world a little braver, you know? Um, And I think that's important for women to hear too. Um, I think sometimes we all can get in a rut and sometimes, sometimes women feel like they're not enough or like the man has to do this and that and it's just it's just not true you know so right and you know and just for everyone to like to just be kinder to each other because you know people look at each other and you don't know what that person's going through you know they could be happy on the outside I mean you guys didn't know that story about me a lot of people don't know that story you know um so we're all going through stuff and you know sometimes like a single act of kindness can throw out roots in all directions and you know the roots spring up and make new trees you know so i think that's important we often don't see the ripple effects of our actions and who it affects you know i have i have a quote on my wall it says uh, be strong you never know who you're inspiring you know so Um, true and it's it's like exactly what we were just saying and you know just the uh, you know another thing that i recently read and like really rings in my mind is about appreciation and how human beings crave 
appreciation as much as food and water. However, it's rarely given, you know, so you're talking about acts of kindness and about doing things that, you know, help people and make them feel good about themselves. A simple, you know, thank you for being you. Thank you for doing what you do. Like literally I read, you know, half of the people that go clinically insane go clinically insane because they haven't felt appreciated and they make a fairy tale land up in their mind where they're appreciated. And it's like, it's a scientific fact. Like that's how much we crave appreciation as human beings, you know? And it's like, it's just something so little that means so much, you know, and I, you know, not to go off on a tangent here and, and I want to see Nick. What do you have to recap on everything, Nick? I'm just uh, taking it all in. I mean, it was a lot fleshed out, and you know, there's a lot of gems uh, within this episode. So anyone who's listening to this, you know, make sure you play it back um, at least another time. You know, there, there's so much packed in here that you're going to be able to take something with you and apply it to your own life. And that's really the goal is that you not just listen to these stories and, and what we have to offer here on, on the United podcast, but that you actually start applying them to your life, you know, because knowledge is great, but knowledge that is applied is much greater. You know, that's where it becomes effective. So um, that's just my take on it. Heard that. Heard that. I agree. And like one last thing I'll say too is that, you know, if you're going, anyone who's listening that's going through a hard time right now, um, I went through a hard time and I had all those negative thoughts like, oh, who's going to want me? I'm never going to be happy. I'll never fall in love again. I'm just done with men, all like everything. But, you know, it all happens in the most inopportune times, you know. I've been in love now for six years with Jeremy. You know, we're getting married in three months. You know, I'm very happy with our little family that we have with Chase, who's my future stepson and our doggy. And, you know, I have a lot to be proud of. I owned, you know, I bought my first home when I was 29 years old. Like I worked super hard my whole life and I just want to, you know, continue that to be successful and proud. I mean, you know, so all of that, I could have partied every night in college, but you know, I, primarily worked my whole way through school since I was 13 so I could you know realistically set myself up for a good future and that's what my mom and dad always taught me like you know like I said I still can party from time to time and have a good time but you know right it it's just there's other priorities that are come way before that right and and you raised a good point because winter doesn't last forever spring is eventually on the horizon and when you're at your darkest moment, you can't see the spring on the horizon, but it's coming. It's a, it's just the way the world works. It's the way the universe works. It's the way it all works, you know? And when you're at your darkest moment, just, just if, even if you think of this conversation, if you hear this, there's going to be a brighter day. There's going to be a point where you're back on top of the mountain. And I yep. can attest to it just like you can, Tina, just like Nick can. Um, so that, that you know, that really, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, what you said there. And um, we really appreciate you coming on, Tina, and offering everything you offered. 
and being real with us and, you know, being a light for other people. Um, so thank you again. Thanks for having me guys. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, and as always, we close with this, uh, where there is unity, there is always victory.